When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Once again, this week's show is brought to you for our official legal partner, Jones and White. Uh, we're pleased to join by Lisa Robertson, senior solicitor in their convincing team. Wow, look at you. Uh, <laughs> welcome, Lisa. Great to have you. Great. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to you be here. You were saying before the camera's on, you're a massive fan of the show. Uh-huh, absolutely. That's great. Thanks so much. I'm the envy of many of my friends. Are you really? <laughs> uh, convincing. Uh, Tim, some of the viewers at home probably won't know. Can you yep. tell us a wee bit more about Sure, absolutely. So, convincing is the, the process of transferring the legal title from one person to another. So, to put it really, really simply, it's buying and selling houses. Um, so, there's quite a bit involved in the process. So, generally from drafting the written offer negotiating the terms of the missives, checking the title deeds, right through to completion, we transfer the funds and we deal with the registration. So there's there's loads to take in, there's loads involved, but um, that's why you have a convincing solicitor to help you. Um, they're there obviously to do all the legal bits and bobs, but they are also there to put your mind at ease and just guide you through the whole process to make sure that it's as smooth and simple as possible. So Lisa, what would you say to somebody buying their first property? So for example, me the day I've walked into Jones White, I'm going to buy my first ever property. How can you help me? Yep, okay. So every year we help thousands of first-time buyers get their foot on the property ladder for the first time. Um, we have got a fantastic team who deal with this day in, day out. They know the market, they know exactly what's going on um, and they can help you through our professional negotiation service. So what they do is they find out what it is that you're looking for, what you can afford, and they help you to really refine your search criteria so that you're looking at things that just are specifically suited to what you're looking for. They'll help you come up with a strategy so that you can use that to try and determine what you're going to offer when you are going to offer for a property. Um, and that service is really there just to maximise your prospect of success when you do put in an offer. So you're going to get a flat, so you're not going to sleep in your tax anymore? No, it's getting a wee bit tight in there. So oh, is it? Aye, Too much activity going on in there. <laughs> uh, you got any events coming up? Yes, we sure do. So a week today on the 26th of April, we are running an online event for first-time buyers. It's completely free to join. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to discuss more about the process in more depth, um, provide some guidance, just kind of things that you can expect when you're doing it for the first time. Um, we'll point out some common mistakes that we see people making so that we can hopefully help people avoid making those. Um, and so see on that, sorry, sure. you say mistakes. What types of mistakes do the first time buyer make in terms of this process? That will be disclosed on the All right, okay. online event. Amazing. <laughs> what, a, what a professional sign. Uh, is there any way we can get anywhere else we can get in touch? Say yes. they can't make the event. How can they get in touch with you guys? We are on all social media platforms, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, so you can visit any one of our social media platforms and also on our website, which is www.joneswhite.co.uk. Did you do your own first house? Yes. You did? Not with Jones White, but I did do the convincing for my first house. And have you been smoothly? Sure did. And Amazing. I'm still there six years later, I think. Obviously, it's important that when you buy that first house, it's a, it's a big um, financial obligation. So to make sure it all goes run smoothly, it's important to get the right advice. And Jones White, our official partner, will certainly give you that. 
Are you working for these now? Listen, got to promote it, Simon. No, you know, Slaney, you know, Slaney does this. He's, I just want to get this on camera while you're here. He still lives with his mum. Uh, so if he was to buy, he's thinking about buying his first flat, we can send him here and you can help him. Absolutely. We'd be more than happy to. Perfect. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you very much. Lisa, thank you very much. Yes, welcome to <laughs> the Go FC podcast. Uh, Ginger Little Freak's not here again, so I'm stepping in. Stepping in. That's a career loan, mate. That's <laughs> a career loan. Stepping in for Paul's Career in for the, for the club podcast. It just gets and, worse, doesn't uh, it? It does get worse, but it's, uh, we're joined by Moros. Just before we get started, so are you, are you taking this on now? Because no, you're part you're of this. No, 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 you're part of this. No, this is no, you. This I'm is your no, gig. Come on. I'm not very good with the question of things because I will we'll end up talking about things we shouldn't really be talking about. <laughs> then we'll need to <laughs> we'll get cancelled. We'll so just <laughs> be safe because I'll upset people. Right, just ask him like how it. he's doing. How are you doing, Mo? I'm good, good to have you. I'm good, actually. Really relaxed. Um, playing golf. Bit of gardening. Good or bad? Uh, I've actually got a wee bit of better, actually. Aye, so. Good. Who's Kenny Miller beat me yesterday, Kenny mind you. Uh, Give him eight shots, so it's quite easy when you get Kenny's eight shots. Kenny's a bandit. Ah, he's Kenny's a bandit. A bandit. It's official. He, him and John Hart are the two ex-professional footballers. If you ever go to a charity event, a golf event, a golf day, and they two are in your team, they're cheating bastards. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just trying <laughs> to say it, mate. Just putting that out there. I, I thought Kenny would have kind of like a moral no, compass for you in the day. He's the most competitive man I know. Mm. No, but I do, no, but he played his handicap, though. So, he, like, the, I think he was, what, 38 points? On That's his, decent. So eight points. That's so he put his handicap. So, and what's your handicap? I've just got it done. It's that new Scottish handicap one. system. It's index. Me- what's your index? It's four and a half. To four point five. Aye. What's your handicap? Your that's diet. A, but that's I'm noodle. That's aye. But I'm noodle. <laughs> Food. Food's my handicap. <laughs> Starting the diet. Starting the diet yesterday morning at six o'clock in the morning. Woke up. Bowl of porridge. Two bananas. I thought. Boom. Text messages. We're at the Donner Shack today. <laughs> right the killed out two donors, a shawarma. Just, just to give the viewers an indication of how much was he out of breath for walking up two pipes of steps. Oh, mate, I fucking knackered. It's because I had training last night. With the kids. You played in the Premier League. You're fucking getting those two flights of stairs. Oh, I know, but well, well, I'm getting still fit for Thursday. What's Thursday? Head tennis. Oh, right, we're doing head tennis. Uh, getting fit for Thursday. <laughs> How was your session last night? It was actually really good. Was it? Boys were I did actually enjoy it. You said ah, that it was good, it. really good. The Stephen took the Stephen took the, the goalie, only one goalie, two fullbacks, two the fourth defenders, sort of half kind of fullback guys, and we worked on how could we get the ball in. They meant to just two midfielders, and how can they get in relation to the ball? Even at nine, I think you've got to try and help them coach that, try and yeah. get because at nine, right at that level of football, the, the biggest difficulty of the kids is they can't get from back to front because everybody squeezes. And they're not comfortable dealing with the ball, so we're just trying to make them comfortable. And I worked on the rest of my passing and movement, and then transferred into a game. And their passing and movement in the game was really good. Yeah, it's not rocket science. Is that what you're missing? Well, obviously you've left Cowden Beath. What was <clears> that a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. How how are you reflecting on your time there? Well, actually, it's, it was, I, I kind of feel it was like that, and then like that, and we were just getting to here. Um, but my contract was running out in May, so. It was kind of like a, a sad ending with me and the chairman in, in, a, in a sense that kind of really fond of him. Um, Donald Finlay in it. Yeah, yeah, Donald Finlay and obviously judging by his kind of post you know, when I left the club, it was it was really quite flattering what he'd said. So um, yeah, we were really close, we spoke every couple of days. Um, but, but I think the, 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 club's, the club's on the right road now. Uh, unfortunately, there's not going to be money as such moving forward so I think that will be an issue for the club but in terms of the foundation and the structure now I think it's a nice wee club 
That's just talk right. us through because we speak about this on this obviously when we did it this year. Talk us through the hard bits, the, the, the good bits, and the hard bits of being a manager at this level. Honestly, because I'm looking at I'm looking at when when I was with Motherwell, and then I'm now I was dealing with Cowan Beath players. So if you look at what you say to a player on a a Tuesday and then on a Thursday, so say your Thursday your, ta- your tactical day at any level. Um, you know, come Saturday, you say, but we worked on this on, on Thursday. We touched on it on Friday. And you've got that etch-a-sketch brain that you just shake it and it's gone. Mm. You're like, how, how can you know get that? We, yeah, it's the following instruction. We talked you through yeah, it. Sorry. We showed you video analysis of it. We walked you through it. And you still turn up in the game and you just, you're just playing on, on instinct. And, and unfortunately, at our level, instinct's not enough. You've got to what, be... F- what do you think that's down to? Do you think that's down to the individual wanting to be an individual sometimes? Or do you think it's like, just, you know, really, just... I, I, it's, it's a, that's what I'm all like because you you've done you've done you've done it you've done it I would like to do it at some point so I'd like to ask as many questions as I can on yeah. understanding because what's your game Saturday against an Edinburgh team that comfortably are, that easily they're struggling in the league that's apparent they've got stipulations in the way they can pick players and stuff so I get that but watching your team who should comfortably go and win five six seven that's my eyes from above. Bad decision making all the time. But again, and you're so thinking, it, why is that? But if you think someone, so again, I only think you can you can only take a player so far. So you can show him. You can see in that scenario he needs to do that. You've worked on it in training. You've showed these these setup that's like two or three scenarios that are going to arise. If he doesn't see the two or three scenarios when they arise, you've done your bit as a coach. Mm. There's only so much a coach can do. But we see on Monday night football that's everything. That happens on a football pitch is the manager's fault or the manager's brilliance. It's no. There's 22 individuals there, plus referees that are going to have an impact on that football match. You cannot, as a coach, control all of that. Mm. You can do your best by setting them up and say, we want triggers to press here, what happens behind the ball when we attack, all these things. However, ultimately, if the players don't see it in that moment, that's just, you can't control it. Yeah. What, about the bit, what bits did you enjoy? I just love football. So, yeah. it's, it's, so for me... Dealing with people every day, um, and you say you're part time, but it's no part time. No, your mind is still on it, like a full time guy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what I love the mist? See when you, you've, so I took a boy um, from lower level um, called Stuart Love, right? And he's no quick, no technically phenomenal, or anything. Just a good, honest pro. That anytime you spoke. He wanted to. He wanted to do well. And I think that's half the battle. If they right. want to do well, they want to be led, they want to be educated, then it's half the battle. Because everybody's got an education at school, but there's still people that can't be bothered listening to school teaching. Yeah. So there's a big part of that for me. He was the he was the perfect, like the pin-up boy. Played every week. Because I knew when, a, I'm using terms, a, a ball side six went to get on it. He now knew the corresponding move because he'd listened, he'd watched the training, he'd been part of the training. So I go, so see him develop. So see when it promotes up to the pitch and you're the opposite eight, you get in the box. He would do it. Now, if he missed his chance or scoffed it, I can only put him in an area that will heighten the chance of him being successful. But that comes from his willingness and and understanding of when to go, seeing it real time, what you're talking about, decision making. And guys like Lovey, these are the boys that I'll miss. 
So see, are you want to go back and be a manager more? Is it, do you, is it mean a coach you'd, you want to do? No, listen, it depends on the environment for me. Um, the level, I, I, for me, I think I'm more suited to a higher level being a coach, um, <clears throat> like I was at Motherwell. Uh, first team coach, Premier League, that kind of level. Is that, um, is that your is that your kind of favourite time in football, coaching at a, a Premier League club? No, when I, you say that, when you say that, you prefer, not prefer. You see yourself at a higher level. Mm. What's the reason behind that? Why do you say that? Because I need to dilute dilute half the things that I want to put. Do you think they get it? They, they'll get your thinking quicker than well, obviously. I, I, they're, they're at a level already that they're doing majority of yes. the things. It's just about instead of doing it five times out of ten, can we get you to seven, eight times out of ten when yeah. you're doing it right? Um, and guys like Alan Campbell are the, the prime example of that you know Alan Campbell willing yep. dedicated a decent enough physique clicks on I'm going to be a professional fitter player I want to go to the premiership in England puts on 10 kilos bump 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 starts edu- getting learning starts seeing mere analysis does the things you ask him and now he's on a fortunate looking and probably bounce on again yep. is he your favourite player that you've coached tomorrow? favourite Scottish player I would say do you know what I've had a few actually I think Alan Campbell I, I really enjoyed but I like I like kind of guys that have got a bit of ego and they want to come back at you in that as well I quite like that like that, that kind of no tussle but that somebody's, somebody's opinionated back yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. I, I was that guy I would go okay but why are you asking me to do that and so as soon as I understood the why I can then go oh I, I get that yeah, um, so but again there's boys at all levels you've coached like Talk about Brock Watson. I said, drive me nuts, Brock Watson. Like, <laughs> moaning about this and moaning about that. But, you know, still you enjoy coaching him. Yeah. Still you enjoy speaking to him every day. Um, that's what I miss the most, just getting up every day and having a plan for something. What was it Campbell did to all his win bonuses, you said? I hope he doesn't mind me mentioning this, but I think early on in his Motherwell career, I think he got some certain amount of bonuses or whatever. And rather than go and getting the, the stupid watch or the... <laughs> The A-class Mercedes or whatever they're buying nowadays. Um, he, he put his mum's gym into uh, mum's garage, wee garage at the side of the house and, and turned into a gym. So again, when you're saying, oh, he's put on eight kilos in the last 10 months, you go, well, that's why. Wow. And I'm telling you, football is fitness, dedication, and the wee bit of sprinkling with a good touch and a wee pass, that's what you need. You first of all need to be an athlete. It's amazing how many times a senior pro will tell you to do the right things and you sit there and you think, aye, okay, whatever. But see, I think now, more so than ever, I'm 42 this year and hips are killing me. <sighs> I had neck operation. I've got pins and needles down my legs and arms. It's mm. constant, I think. Did I look after myself as well as what I could have done while playing football? But me, but... but it's your style though as well. No, I know, but it's not, not just style, but what I'm trying to say is just for that extra wee 10% of doing something above and beyond can make maybe 20, oh, 30, 40% difference. I never the same, Kev. I never Aye. just fucking... I just people ask, people would ask you, what's your regret? My regret's no the bad things I did or the good things I did. My regret is, see, when I was in the gym because I thought I was six foot three and I could hold most people off, mm. I could have been bigger and stronger like Duncan Ferguson where he... Ragged all people out the way and thought, oh, because I was guys you caught against. You thought, oh God, he is just stronger than me today. But I could have been as strong as him. Mm-hmm. But I chose not to go in the gym because I thought I didn't need to. Mm. And that's the encourage. That's what I would say, but like that, to that, kids that, listening or people who's watching today or parents are watching. have got kids. Be prepared to go and do that with extra. See, 10%. I would say you got every note of your career. Am I right in saying that you wouldn't have been one that never that half arsed it? No, I was never a half arser. Yeah, um, my problem was I was used to the best of the best 
too young. At Rangers. So then it was the best information, the best diet, the best players. So when I then come out of that, I'd already had this education. So when I went to like a wool or a mill or whatever, and I was dealing with players that weren't exposed to that information, etc., I would get frustrated. So I looked at probably like the money guy. Mm. But I wasn't, I was just like, that's not how it's done. This is something needs to be happening. Why are you, mate? Mm. So you, can, you can identify with that as well. There was, a, yeah. there was a bit of that that I think that's probably done me in the most that I would just go, what we doing bikes for this afternoon? Why do I need to get my pulse up to 150 on a bike? You ever try to get your pulse 150 on a bike? It's hard, mate. <laughs> so we're all, like, the my, we're, we're, my, my manager was like, you need to get 150 for 45 minutes. So this is a, this is a recovery session. 150 on pulse on a bike. Mate, I was doing all this and all that on my bike just to, to move my arms about to get up to the 150. Uh -huh. And I was just, this ties me nuts. Mm. No, I was opposite me. I was easily led. So when I went left, say like, I never played at the level, obviously, first team. When I went to the Swindon and it was a wee, not a shambles, but... I Still that bit, I, 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 I was like, oh, this is fucking brilliant. But when you look back now, biggest waste of time. Yeah, but it's just comes to maturity. Maturity, uh -huh. And we've all done that. Uh -huh. I would agree with that. Maturity is a big part. But, the, but the, what I meant was that You've tried to take the negative things you did in your career into your coaching. Coaching, yeah, Aye. yeah. So you try to you get like you get frustrated on a Saturday because standards and things like that. So like you've learnt from it, and mm. that, I would learn from that because mm. it's like it's. Mate, I swear to you, right? We had Matt Ritchie at Swindon, right? And nobody in Swindon gave me harder time than me. Honestly, mate, I hate myself. I used to call him a busy bastard when they come on night suit. You're boring, and I look back now and think. That fucking dick. He's playing in the pit. Because he's going to the gym after training and we're going to put and, and we're slaughtering him for it. And at oh. the time you think, my he's fucking what a loser. It's just a maturity. It's just a maturity, mate. Huh? But when you think back now, why do you, why do you brand him that? Because he's fucking doing his because job. Because he knows that you, you know he's doing the right thing. Thing, huh? That's it. It's your in, in, your insecurities. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. It's actually wild when you think about it. You, you, you slagged you slag, somebody you slagged for off hard. other good guys that actually went above and beyond, and yeah. you're sitting there thinking he's a fucking. He's not going to the Tuesday club with us. And I'm out in the Tuesday club thinking about going to a Wednesday club onto a Thursday club. club exactly. You know what I mean? That is he's, crazy, still, yeah. he's still in the gym. And you're like, that was the difference. <laughs> it's just wild. Oh, Listen, when they change it for the world. Uh, uh, so when did you first get into coaching? Was it while you were playing? Do you know what? It sounds mental, right? See, when I was like 10, 11 year old, we, I used, we used to always get like some Morris Malpass and, and Kenny Cameron and... and Remember Kenny Cameron, right? Dundee, uh, well, But Malpass and, and uh, who else would come down? Paul Hegarty, Paul Sturrock sometimes, Jim McLean would sometimes put sessions on. So I was I was fascinated by the coaching quite quick, like being coached. Because I, you know, I'd be a bit of a belter here, but I actually liked school, eh? I mm. liked, I liked actually learning something. So see, when I was getting coached for you, like the boys at Morris Malpass, who was my hero, I just loved it. So yeah. I've always been kind of into it right but I never to, to answer your question I never started coaching until I was what 31 32 just quit football went to Norway and yeah started then is that when you quit 31 I quit 31 I why just had enough had enough of listening just listening to donuts mate top football and I'm like <laughs> nah sorry I'm struggling you take this show mate if you didn't like donuts <laughs> no but I'm not about battering and, and laughing <laughs> no, at that, but yeah. just like just nah my body was kaput couldn't run the length of myself because I kept getting injuries and so on. That. But that was at 32. 32 I was, I think. You were young as well, Kevin, you? I was 33, 32, 33. I was, I was like you. I just thought, 
Nah, I feel like I'm finished. Mm. But I, I didn't. I would. I, I always wanted to be a manager because I think I could, with life experiences and things, I think I can relate to people. I think I can talk to people. I think I can get the best out of some people. Coaching was never a thing, but now when I coach kids, I like coaching kids because they're hoovers for information. Mm. So you, if you give them enough information, one or two might get it, and it might be the difference between them getting picked up at a young age and blah, mm. blah, blah. But coaching adult kids, adults like your group, I think I would maybe struggle with that because I think I would get too frustrated. But so it's just a learning curve of at the minute. I'm at that point where I have the, to understand. But the, that's where you need to adapt your aye, outlook. So that's where, that, aye, so that's where, I'm, that's where I'm at. You're, you're, you're anticipating that you're going to get everybody to understand it Aye. but there's 22 people there that no. learn different and within that two hours you've got half an hour of warm up or whatever yeah, yeah. you need games you need to give them detail you need to give them a wee bit of analysis so it's like Aye. it's it's no easy at the, the part time level what about in terms of recruitment how hard did you find that for like you say man you've not got maybe the budget that you would that you would think you would need it wasn't so much that it was like how did you recruit how did you how did well, you well, find this is what this is what we've, we've changed so we just employed, uh, not employed, we got volunteers to, to be scouts because we, there was nothing like that when it, so when I took over with like bottom of the league in, this, in the league two like when we were bringing in players it was like agents phone you up and you go like come up for a couple of days and it was like you're just looking for something yeah. that sometimes you know if you look for something good you'll find it yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than evaluating oh he's miles off it mm. because you're, you're hoping that this guy's going to be the difference for you like stay up in the league and save the club and all that so but now it's just there's there's a, there's a clear set up there's a wee bit of structure changing within the club and it's also knowing what do you get for 125 quid a week mm. what do you get but then you get wee nuggets that, that came from maybe a, a league that's just below you or whatever but what we try to do basically was when we when we ended the season with zero players and zero staff I said I need I need people that want to be here mm. so if your first conversation with me meeting in a Starbucks in the MA was money I said you're not going to be for me mate mm. I said if that's your focus it's not for me and but when that happens at the end of the day if, if I'm going to pay you 120 quid and Cy Ferry's team's going to pay you 300 quid where are you going? The difficulty is like you say Getting boys that just want to go and play football and mm. give them give themselves an opportunity. A lot of them, like you say, three hundred quid to one hundred twenty five quid. It's it's a difficult it's a difficult it's an easy decision for them. Yeah, of course. But do you know what? See the difference between a hundred pound player and a five hundred pound oh. player. There's nothing in it. No. Mm. And it's like the same when when I was at Motherwell and I used to speak to the manager and say, "How much is he on?" You know, just so you've got a kind of an array of what's happening. Oh, he's on eight hundred quid. Okay, How much is he on? Oh, he's on two four. For instance, I go, he's better than him, but it's perception. This is how he gets 2-4, because he played with X, Y and Z yeah, six right. years ago. But we're talking about here and now. Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. he doing for us now? Oh, I take him every day of the year, bump out the door next year. He's now not on 2-4, but he's on 14, maybe 1,400. And, and, you know, so you just start shaving and, and, and getting a better looking squad, a hungrier squad, that, a younger squad yeah. that, that are more affordable for your club. See, just on counting beats when you did take over bottom league two did yeah. you have a look at the squad did you assess it first and think I can keep these up no nope. never well, obviously I knew some players because I'd sometimes played with them or, or you know like guys that are coming down the leagues and whatnot. and you know what they, they, that whole group they worked their tail off and 
they, they were loyal to the system and they were loyal to what we did and try to do. Um, but we just lack quality. We just lack quality in certain areas. I mean, I didn't think we properly got turned over by anybody. But it was like, honestly, it felt like, oh, how have we missed that? Like, I'm talking one inch, one yard tappings, hitting the post and going out. Oh, how's that even possible? It's like it's written in the stars. Mm. I actually felt at times I go, we should never have lost that game today. But I kind of feel it's similar with this year as well. It's end of the day, players win your matches. You can put other sessions on and shape and everything you like, it's players win your matches. If you get somebody you can check inside and put it in the bottom corner, if you push past the post, easier. it's not yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yours. That's, that's, a, that's a thing throughout any league, any division. If you've got a stalwart middle, from middle to front, like a good striker that's going to score you 20 odd goals a season, a midfielder that can dictate a game in a certain half, he wants to head and kick it and defend. That's the, the basis of a good team at any level, surely. Well, if, when you look at the top boys, we talk about them all the time, they're peps, all these boys. They all, they're all humble enough to say, we win games because we've got better players. We've uh, got better money. Says that a lot, doesn't he? he's, he's so humble about it. Yeah. Yes, of course, he puts his sprinkling on it and makes some different gravy, of course. But Postacoglu is winning the league because he's got better players at the minute. Aye. For Mike, you're going to tell me Michael Beal can't set up a team? Of course he can. Mm. All Mike Beal now needs is a war chest to go and get better players to help Rangers win the league. That's how, how, are you, how are you with defeat? Obviously, not the type of person you are. You are, you are quite intense. I'm, I'm actually... I'm probably the opposite of what you think I am. Really, man? I, I look at it total pragmatically. I don't look at it emotionally. There's times if somebody's maybe no done something that the group bought into, and if somebody's not done it, then for me that's 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 a blazing for me. Mm. But if, if if you've been beat because they were better than you, so like when you turned us over, like uh, in the second game at home, mm. we should have scored four that day, but whenever. And just beat his what three now? Yeah. So it's like I look at it and go, well, nine times out of ten, that's we're two and a half up at that point that they go and score. Alfie tries to dribble out when I told him before the game, you're two touch Alfie today, mate. Two touch Alfie. Get it, play it. Wins it. Tries to dribble inside, gives the ball away, one nothing. So then I go, Alfie, see? I gave you a crystal ball before the game, mate. You're two touch. Mm. You want to dribble, we always won nothing. I kinda do nothing, I go him and go. Kind of dinner him with that. Yeah. So it's more about evaluating what you see because, but again, you know who's like, so if you listen to Arteta every week, we, we lost that game or we drew that game, but that was good. That was good. The processes were right. The quality was right. The attitude was right. But sometimes you win and lose a match. Yeah. So I, I try to look at it more that way rather than emotion and you play great and you lose one nothing. How can you go mad at that? No, you can't go mad at that. Uh, I know. But you go away and you're like, oh man, but then like you say, if you had to sit back and watch it and think what was good in the game, mm. there will be, majority of it was good. It's just moments in the game that have to find how it's went. But you said something interesting there. You went, you've let me down. They've not let me down. We're all in this together. Aye. It's like, it's the collective. Picking that up more. <laughs> no, but it's, no, but it's, the, it's the collective. Because if you start... But there be subtle words Aye. that players can start latching on to. Right, what yeah, you know, yeah. where like. Aye, I know. So it's about. That's the thing about management. You can't get the wee words wrong mate, nah. because players will latch on to everything that you say. Aye. Some will. They had the clever ones. So talk us through like, a typical week for you as a Cowden Beef manager. So if you play Saturday, what would you do? Would you uh, analyse the game Sunday? Would you watch the game? What, what would be your what would Sunday, Monday, Tuesday? I used to be neurotic with that, and then. Again, 
I thought, I need to be more efficient with my time. Because if, if I'm putting so much time into analysis, and then you relay that analysis, but you're not seeing the benefit of it, then why do it? So for me, I, would, I, would, I, would, I, would, I did less. But if I went to a first-team Premier League level, I'd be on it straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I would. Um, it'd be mere individual meetings, unit meetings, of course. But with these boys, they got the, they got the clips. It was up to them to look at it. And I said to every single one of them, if you look at your clips and you want to come and speak to me about it, I'll, I'll see the general stuff. But if you want individual stuff, then I'm, I'm here for you. But I wouldn't go and chase it. Right. Because these boys are getting up. Hungover on a Sunday, probably. Let's be honest. Right. Um, they're going to their work Monday. They're digging ditches. They're working on roads. They're eating cheese sandwiches for their lunch. They're probably getting a Greg's before they come to training on a Tuesday. And you're trying to make him a better football player, but the guy's 28 and he's going, I'm not going to be a football player. No, I feel like at the moment this is the, a Greg's. Uh, this... I feel flat for the podcast. It's tough. It's <laughs> <laughs> really tough. But it's like, that, right, it's right. like that disconnect that this is my career, Yeah. but it's not their career. Mm-hmm. And this is why I want the younger boys that might want a career because you get buy-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, totally I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so like, when I've got Ian Davison coming down, who's what, four, 39? Phenomenal 48, guy. 48, Dabo, isn't he? Phenomenal I played with Dundee, he's a good guy, isn't he? Dabo was Dabble, in the, he came to What a guy, man. Fucking runner. So he used to <laughs> shake me all the time, he said, Fezzar, you're a fucking runner. Every time I go went and he'd blame me for my runner. He was down at Sunderland for a week and he went back up the road with a North East accent. That's oh, his accent's wild, man. I've never heard an accent like that. It's Kirkcaldy's fella. And then he, ended up, he signed for two years. He signed as a YT for two years and then he ended up for school. He was all right, a nice kid. But again, no. Doesn't need the money. Just loves football. Good neck, looks after oh, him. Oh, mate, so, he's uh, 6% body yeah, fat, man. Uh, Purple hair, no, he loves all that. Uh-huh. He's a good boy. Ah, yes, he, he, was, he was worth his weight in gold. Uh, right, good wee insight into... That's very interesting, yeah. Uh, part-time management. We're going to do a bit about his career. Hi, we're going to talk about well, the, the, the big well, teams you played for. Well, we've done them, but we've been on before. We've done messed up was on your career at Rangers, wasn't it? Yeah, always is. Uh, well, we'll go away for Rangers. We'll go into Sheffield Wednesday and Wolves. Crack a couple on. of big clubs, very big clubs, in fact. Any big clubs? So when you've played for Rangers, that's the thing. That's probably how I would lead into that. Again, it's just totally spoiled, though. Eh? Mm. Like you're totally spoiled at the big two up here. Because I remember going into like Sheffield Wednesday, which is a big club and and and, a, and a, an institution down in England. But I'm going in, going, this carpets have got a funny smell, eh? <laughs> like we things like that. Uh, like, I'm just going, this is kind of minging. Like uh, these these are the wee things that I pick up and I go, what's lunch today? Oh, we're through there and through there, and I'm like, this looks like a barn. No, and I'm I'm no I'm no. You're Adler, I'm no that, that guy, but I'm, I'm just looking at the comparisons. Going, training pitch is not being rolled today. I just do these wee things, and I'm just going, God, I'm being spoiled, mm. being really spoiled. But it's funny you say that because even the, that Legends game, I don't think they'd mind me saying that. You sit with guys like Crossass and Lustig and kind of asking them the same things about their career after left Celtic, and they're like, this is a bit of kind of. Downer after that, eh? you just kind of get yourself kind of back up to that because of the way you're treated at these. But then I went places. to Wolves for, for there, and that was okay. That was on a path, right? But it wasn't just the building; it's the behaviours of the, the people. Attitude and the, the, the behaviours of the people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm looking at Darren Anderton going, "Can still watch you in Italian, you know?" On time in the gym. Okay, he was injured a lot. Training, loved football, no flash, and then then you start feeling, "Oh, this is this feels like." 
what I was used to kind of thing. Um, training pitch rolled, everything immaculate. Hoddle was your manager coming in and just talking to you like he's one of your mates. Oh, he was pure class. But was it that mindset every day at Wolves or was it right. Rangers? There was a hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you said Paul Lins, Kenny Mars, all these boys, yeah. all top players. Right? So the, again, top players, top behaviours. It's not just that they've got a good touch. It's how they behave day to day. Yeah. Joey and Lescott. Wow. Guys like that. So it's, again, it's not just, we, I sometimes think professional football players get the label professional football player, but it's just a label. But professional is a behaviour. If you're in a professional lawyer, it's your behaviours. Mm. You're still studying when you're 50. You're still looking into cases yeah. when you're 50. Yeah. It's constant making yourself better. Was Hoddle top? Amazing. You think he, could he have been like a pet of his time? He was, ah, uh, he was just suave. He was like James Bond, eh? Was he? Ah, he was just suave. I think we never got, never really, he was, he never got irate, really. Just made you feel disappointed in yourself if you took a bad touch or that. Mm. Was but, he tactically good, Mo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every, every week he'd just give you two pointers. Boom, boom. You're doing this, you're doing that. Your opponent does this and that. Boom, go and play. It wasn't overly, over the top. Yeah. But it was just how he treated people, eh? He was such a gentleman. Did he join so, in? Yeah. Amazing. Still the best yeah, player? Yeah, still great. No, he was... Ensfie Hoddle would have been good to see in a five side. I think when you listen to even Glenn Hoddle on the commentary... Oh, so he's, he's very good. He's, he's very good. For somebody who they would... In some the modern game would call a dinosaur in terms of when his generation was. No, I mean like, you know how like a lot of people are calling like people back in the day. Oh, they are dinosaurs. No, that's no, their, no, you would never no, label that. You would never label that him yeah. because the way he talks about the games, like the modern well, games. Modern so coach. probably in his day, he was miles ahead of the. What what was his style of play back then? What was kind of set up and formation and we we I think we were four three three, four three three. We were. Is it playing it for the back? I always feel like. If it's on a plate for the back, plate for the back. If somebody's set up to press, miss it out. It's, it's no rocket science. We and was Hoddle saying that back then? It was just common. We didn't need to say it. It was no. common sense. And again, we, we, we were brought up in a generation where you had to evaluate yourself because the manager wasn't spoon feeding you. Yeah. Not at all. You, no. Were you spoon fed as a player? Never. Yes, now, thought. <laughs> Ladle fed, yes, now. <laughs> so there was a lot of onus on the player. Yeah. Um, and it would be the same with you boys, eh? But it's, everything seems to be the manager now. Somebody slips, it's the manager's fault. Mm. He's also played under Paul Sturrock, character. Remember he was in the hot tub with the cowboy hat on? I've never, I've seen never, that? I've never, I think I, I, think I played against the Plymouth side. Was he manager Plymouth? Aye, he's Plymouth. Back in the day, aye, Paul Sturrock, but I've never, um, I've never actually came across him. He's done, he's done actually quite well as a manager, didn't he? Yeah, his managerial aye. record would be good, mate. Yes, aye. Yeah. What was he like as a manager? Um. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Black and white, you know, quite, quite, I'd say fairly, say fair, but he had a good coach in um, John Black. John, um, my god, that's terrible. If I got this man's name, Jesus Christ, he's his assistant, John Bartley. 
John Blanton, yeah, it? Sorry. Um, and he was he was a good coach. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a bizarre, bizarre football club. Bizarre time down there. That's uh, what it was. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. It just felt bizarre. Was he the only manager at Sheffield Wednesday? Well, I left in four weeks or something like that. Did you? Why? They left me at the squad. After four weeks? I was, I was doing there. I, was, I did pre-season with Rangers. They said, Sheffield Wednesday, want you? I went, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to just stay at Rangers and fight. Well, you're not going to play. Hutton's coming through. Okay, I get that. Um, but I ended up, I went there. They never even gave me a salary. I went just, just to play. So I said, okay, I'll come. I'll just turn out X amount of games and bounce. That's what I was thinking. I went down there and I had all right players. Like, all right. So what year is that? Uh, 2006. Which, so, so see, when you say you went down there without a salary, would the Rangers just give you money to go? And I got paid off for right. Rangers. Um, so then I thought, right, okay, I've got money there. I can just go and, because they said, oh, we've used up our budget. And I'm going, that, who was my agent at the time? How's this been allowed? <laughs> Coming down for a Rangers player, playing for money. And then no getting again, because there's some guy from Canada or something. I'm going, oh, this is mental. So I remember he said, oh, you're not on the squad today. I went, what? I played against West Ham through the week. Ah, you're not in the squad this weekend. And I can remember it straight away. It just shows you how stupid I was when I was younger. I went, is that right, aye? He went, aye. I went, I'll be back, aye. He went, no, because you said that you go up the road and spend time with your family and that family. I said, I want to wake up and play football anymore. I said, come on, I'll be back, aye. Picked up my boots. Even left my shinies. Picked up my boots. I was driving up the M6 in a full maze. And I said, he said, what are you? He said, I'm just driving up the road. He said, what for? See, I'm not in the squad tomorrow. I said, I've just chucked it. I said, I've just said, I'll not be back. And then on the Monday, I signed for Wheels. So does Glenn Hoddle phone you then? Did you get a phone call from Glenn Hoddle? No, it was a Sunday night. I got, I got a phone call from the agent saying, look, Jackie McNamara's just done his cruise shit. They want you doing to sign. So I just, okay, bump, quick turnaround back down to Wolverhampton and signed for Wheels on the Monday. The life I think we'll play my day. I know, but just saying the audacity to go. Is that right? I'm going to be back. I'm be back. <laughs> no, but see if they were playing me a salary. Because I felt hard done by that when they paid yeah. me salary. And then when I came, they put me in a, it was like a motel. You know the motels you see in the serial killer shows <laughs> in America? Uh, it was... Like that? Zzz, zzz, <laughs> <the> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, it was like one of these things. And I'm going, I'm, I'm used to the moat house and Mar Hall and all that. And I'm, this, I'm like, oh, this is torture. And they never put me in the squad. That was like the straw. So straw see, on that, I think, I'm thinking you're like... <clears throat> You started at Rangers, so a good setting, good different environment, and then you get down and it's disappointing. I think it's easier or harder the other way. So are you saying, do you look back now and think you should have maybe adapt, just adapted to the circumstances? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no what I'm thinking is... <clears throat> yeah, but, but I know where you're going with this. I'm thinking, like, imagine you started at, uh, started at a Rochdale. Well, look at Alan And you went to Bristol City. Uh, of course, and then you uh, a way to get into a move to maybe like a Celtic or Rangers or a, well, a, a big club. And you feel aye. like you've won the lottery. Aye, aye. So do you, do, you, do you be that person where most said, oh, fuck this, I'm here up the road. Or you just say, well, this is how it is. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Aye, do, so, do you look back now and think you should have just adapted to what, what was happening at Sheffield Wednesday? It was, or was that, it beyond that, that bad that you couldn't? It was that fight or flight mode that you're in. You make, this, you make poor decisions when you're in fight or flight. Right. But football was fight or flight for me mm. because I was just oh, all the time. So when that I'm saying, I just couldn't get my head around it. <laughs> no getting paid, and I'm turning up and there's boys there that couldn't play ten year pass, and mm. you're you're not in the squad. I just couldn't get my mind around it. A wee bit. Yeah. I, listen, I do regret being that guy, but 
that's what it is, isn't it? See, on that, on that thing, like you're saying about guys, like, I think when I went to Lo- in Rochdale and I went down there thinking, fucking hell, the Premier League reserves, top scorer, blah, 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 fucking can't quite get in the first team, so I went to get some games. And I thought, oh man, these are shit. When what I, what I should have really been saying was, I'm fucking shit. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> uh-huh, I've dropped my, I am, I'm here on loan for a reason. And then I was like, after three games, I said to Parky, uh, Stephen Parkin, I think Stephen Parkin, I can't do this. I need to go back up to Sunderland. I, fucking, mm. I was at you. I was in a fucking the, the Roadhouse Hotel, fucking side of the road, lights flashing, fucking guys chatting the door. You're like, what's going on? I need to go back up to Sunderland. It made me realise, go back up, get the head down, mm. work a bit harder. Mm. And make sure you stay at that level. I make sure yeah. appreciate your surroundings. That's where loan moves are good, mate. Not just when it goes ah, well, but also oh, when it doesn't go well. It gives you that realisation. I, I didn't want to come think, back. Didn't if I didn't go to Rochdale, I don't think I would have. I don't think I would have made it. Mm. I genuinely believe so that. it was worthwhile then. it was definitely worthwhile but it's amazing when you're younger the decisions that get through your head there uh-huh. and like, we are trying to advise younger guys now mm. about making good choices mate I made my debut with Swindon Rough no way Thursday night Tony Hill pub quiz boys like that you're coming out getting to know the boys still ended up remember looking at my fuck I wasn't a big drinker up until then mate I remember looking at my clock it was half two on a Thursday night and I was thinking what the fuck man trained Friday Done well in training, still obviously, and then played Saturday, got man of the match. And then that was just a recurring theme throughout the season, mate, because the boys in there loved it. Works, but it works, exactly. <laughs> so fucking three times a week, you were it. Fucking hell. I went out one time. Best year of my life. I went out, my But pals, you look back now and you think, oh, what the fuck is that hanging there? If I played that now, you'd be like, oh, oh you go off your nut. Even things like, like when you're not in the squad, right? And you still should turn up to the game and respect your teammates and be there to support them. I thought, oh, my mates are coming down for sure. I'm going out tonight, fuck it. But that night, absolutely steaming, coming at three, four in the morning. The boys are right, get the tickets ready, we go to the game. So I thought, we're we'll going to get a big fuck off Carvery first. Right? So I thought, get a Carvery and that and then we up to the games. I'm on the squad. So I've left my phone in the car. Fucking talking into roast beef, all the, all the trimmings, everyone. The phone's been ringing for 15 missed calls I've got in the car. In the squad. It's in the fucking squad, winter. Oh. Rocked up to the game, smell a drink. And I thought, yeah, that was me banished. And I thought, fucking hell, what a dick. What are you mm. doing? Just, like, be professional. <laughs> Keep something happens. You, would you never have been like that, Mona? No chance. No, no, never. <laughs> no chance. Because I was, okay, we were guilty of the going out on the Tuesday. Saturday and the Tuesday. We were guilty of that. Yeah. And um, that seemed to be the culture at the time. Uh, wrongfully, by the way. But, nah, no going out at night before game. No, 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 no. I was a common thing, wasn't it? Who's at the best Tuesday club? Tuesday was a like, big nightmare. Tuesday, <laughs> Tuesday we played reserve games Tuesday, mate, and all you'd be talking about is the night out. We were Monday night, Baja Beach Club in Newcastle. Every Monday without fail, we were in that Baja Beach Club. Oh. Fucking not a problem. Tuesday, Tuesday. What were you, trash? Ah, yeah. Trash, trash back in the day. But all the big, all the big hitters would be there, mate. Oh, aye. Remember seeing Lenny and trash all the time, and <laughs> even Larson and that, mate. They boys loved it. I remember yeah. Aiden playing a Champions League game on the Tuesday, and he'd been out all, all, all night Saturday. Playing the Champions League on Celtic Park on a Tuesday and ripping it up, mate. And now nobody, nobody. Incredible. No, nah. The thing is with the camera phones as well, oh, you get. Oh, man. I had a camera phone back in my day. Oof. So, how did Wolves go, Mo? Did you do well, Wolves? I did all right, actually. Um, I think I played about 17, 18 games for that period where I joined to, to the end of the season. But then Jackie came back in. So, the, the whole thing with Jackie signing with, with Wolves, it was. It was me and Jackie were on the list. So I went, I flew to Portugal with my, my big mate Webby and my, my phone went, a wee daft Motorola phone. And he said, look, Celtic will never let Matt Namara go. 
he said, so you're next in line. I thought, perfect. I'm like that. I'm going to Wolves, great. Reading the paper a day later, because obviously there was no internet and all that. Mm. Days. So I just opened the paper, bump, man, I'm out of sign. So I spoke to Jack, he said, oh, he said, Celtic farted about me my salary. I said, well, I'm driving down to Wolves and they agreed verbally. We, we heard of what he was going to get. So then Celtic then upped the offer more than what Wolves were gaining him, but he said, no, 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 you messed me about with that. Right, so right. I'm going, I'm getting hold of my word. So again, mate, you're looking at yeah, a three-year deal yeah. with Wolves for me on decent enough money at yeah. the time to Jackie getting that. Jackie then does his cruciate. Six weeks later, they're phoning me again. So when he then got fit, I was like the plug, the stopgap. Yeah. So when he came fit, we said, we kind of give you another yeah. fallback in our deal. Yeah. Does it make sense? Might have just three bits. Aye, we tiny things. We sliding door more and say. Jackie, good player, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, great boy as well. Uh, a lot of time for him. Uh, he's, he's a good. great guy. Jack. Uh, was that uh, a good testing him down there? There was quite a lot of say, like, in, oh, there's quite person. a lot of Scottish boys. Uh, no, it was Kenny, Colin uh, Cameron. Kenny, Colin, uh, but it was a lot of good boys, you know, even the Mark Kennedy. Remember Mark Kennedy? Uh, like oh, great boy, man. What a, what he, he, said, he used to drive up. Did Alex play in your team? No. Who? Uh, Alex Ray? Was he older? No, no. No. But like, what did Kennedy used to drive? He used to stay in uh, Alderley Edge. So he said, what are you doing tonight? Because I was obviously new. He said, come up, come up with me. I was like, I need a bother, right? So I'm just turned up this way apart and said, oh, this is cool. He goes into this lift and it just goes, so his lift opens up. And he's his. And he's loving it. I was like, oh, this is a different level, right? So he said, come on, just just uh, jump in with me. We'll go to training on the Monday. And he had a yellow Lamborghini. I'd never seen a Lamborghini wow. before. I'm going, I didn't even really ken this guy. <laughs> and he's got a Lamborghini. What's going on down here, man? Ah, oh, but he was a good lad. Called himself Uncle Smirnoff. How <laughs> <laughs> was Ince? He was, he was, he kind of reminded me of Barry Ferguson a wee bit. Uh, a bit intimidating. Just that guy that's just used to everything being bang on and if somebody wasn't at it, he'd berate them and he was on them. And, but um, he was actually quite likeable. He was a nice enough guy in the dressing room and that, yeah. aye. Um, but aye, he, he, he basically had a free reign, aye. Uh, so if he made a bad pass at Gaffer, wouldn't he be on him and that? You play against him? Yeah, I don't think I did, no. Can you put some in his all-time manual oven? Does he? he played with, he puts him in ahead of a fair in was good mm. the role he played he was very good man you love a pool under Milan must have had a few big time shouts nah oh, yeah. he, but he did it a wee bad uh, funny he, he wasn't doing it like he actually well maybe he was a wee bit but no, but no in a no in a bad, bad way, way he go, nah he was he was actually alright eh? mm-hmm. but you wouldn't allow to be seeing big dressing rooms you're not allowed to be big time because nah, people are on you straight away like see yeah. if you were big time at Rangers near McCann and that would just fuck how is McCann? you see him on the telly now he's great boy mate good analysis I think he's very good yeah I think he's a good coach as well I've heard that nah he's good uh, what about like in terms of Ferguson I know this is a hard question but like when you how, Paul Lynch was obviously a top player how close would Ferguson be to that? Barry? Barry in his day? I thought Barry was I thought Barry was world class did you? Huh? I, I think he's world class mate. so have you seen like you trained with Paul Lynch Barry was better? I know I'm not putting on No, but you know there. when you see you get you get influential players, right? And you get you get players that make everything look poor. So like see when David Tumble does something, it just looks silk. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? But like so, when Barry used to do something, it would just look bonny. I could make the same pass as Barry, but it wouldn't look bonny. It would look a bit Do you know what I mean? So I would say Barry's more silk than Paul Ince was. But mm. look at how influential Paul Ince was. Paul Ince, I thought Barry should have played for Arsenal. Uh, Blackburn overs, come on. 
But he was brilliant at Blackburn. Uh, no, he still. Was. I know, but like Why? you say... Uh, Blackburn were having a go at that time, weren't they? As soon as it was Jordan and Cole and all that. Yeah, and uh, yeah. of course, <laughs> but I think Barry, I think, like Arteta, Arsenal, class, getting the ball, spraying it about, running games. He's just it. Mm. Uh, I thought he was... So you think you could have played to one of the top clubs in England? Easy. They don't, uh, Easy. Right, I think you could. I know, if you heard these, uh, the one memory that just came back when you were at Rangers, you was your first old firm, you had to Mark Larson at corner. Is that right, man? Mm. I said that. Huh? Mm. Imagine that. What age were you? Oh, I'd have been, what, 20? 20? That's oh, incredible, isn't that? Wow. That's a, that's a memory. Uh, was his movement good? He was yeah, good he was the, his, his movement, ah, he was, eh? He was really good in the other Because oh, they, they used to write, they were putting Newman on him, and he was, he was getting goals off of Batten Newman, and then they ended up changing it. But the the boy that was um, who was the boy that played with Galatasaray played with Liverpool. But is it Barosh? Milan Barosh. I played against him for a Turkish club, and he played for Galatasaray, mate. And I was picking him up, mate. It was a ghost. Was he? It was like a ghost, mate. <laughs> then come when somebody moves, come when somebody moves, you hear their feet, yeah. or you hear a rustle with their strip on, mate. It was like he just vanished, and he had four yards away from me. I was like, oh no. So I was like, yeah. grab onto him, uh, mate. Oh, mate, he was frightening. Was he? First corner came in, it came in for that side, numbers of members, Ken Hainham here, thinking, ah, his neighbour, gone. Wow. Like, he won the top. He won, I'm sure he won the Champions League, Milan Barrett, Liverpool. What a player. Top scorer in the Euros one year. Czech Republic, wasn't it? Czech Republic, aye. Uh, he was a bra player. Like. That's incredible, eh? Fucking hell, some names there. What other players that you played against that were exceptional? Hundreds. Well, to be fair, Kim, it's like me, they're all the same names. No, I don't know, I played a shite all the time, God knows, my, my, my mind's blank half the time. Yeah, Honestly, God. That's what I thought he was rapid, wasn't he? No, he's uh, got quite a few goals for Liverpool. Did you play against him? Maybe did, I don't know, I'm thinking, he, would he have been the same kind of time Michael Owen that played with Liverpool? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I saw him, I played against Gary McAllister's Liverpool team, Michael Owen, so he would have played, he'd have been either in the squad, but... Yeah. Like he says, like, see when you try to pinpoint and remember an individual in a, a certain game, mm. it's very difficult. You said Henri was... Oh, Henri was... He, he's the best I've ever seen. Did you say something about he, was got, he ran back, he nicked the ball off someone? Oh, was no, it was ball. me. The ball caught to me and I took a touch. You know, and I, I was looking back to goal and I was taking a touch tight and I'm going to play it to my right back and my left back. And I went, as I went to kick it, it wasn't there. <laughs> like... Fuck's that ball, isn't he? That was he just came and took it off me. And then he'd sprinted down and thought, oh, I'm going to fucking get him. Neil he's targeted, he's like, he's hopeless. He's, he's too slow. <laughs> took it away and I was like, fucking. But it was when he was in the the, the, the tunnel and he wore like the old school white shorts yeah. and up, up high as fuck. And he was like, I was thinking, fucking hell, he's six foot two easy. Like he's only an inch smaller than me and I'm thinking, and he's fucking rapid. gorgeous, rapid. Everyone was just, and I was like, oh, oily. Fuck, oh. I was like, fucking hell, and then like Sol Campbell, he was like the same size on me but wide. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, fuck, I've got to play against him today. And he I just, just you just look in awe, like uh-huh. proper uh, when you when you're trying to describe a a perfect specimen of a footballer, that's how some of the elite players were, they just looked. I think that's the difference between Scottish Premier League and English Premier League. Aye. Is like, like, the the athletes. Oh. Aye. Mm. Aye, definitely. So what is that in terms of body or Athletics terms of size, everything, speed? Yeah. So why can we not get to that? I don't know. But do you know what? Gordon Strachan was slaughtered for it, and I, I thought you had a totally valid point. Hmm. I genuinely and and it's I genuinely think it's a gene pool. But it's every it's how you live your life in that as well. More yeah, it? but if you look at your mum and dad, how many Scottish players have you met their mum and dad and they're that height? 
No, it's true. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, you go to mainland Europe, mate. I, well, I went, Stock, I, we went to Stockholm, mate, and I, I was like, mate, I went oh to Germany three, weeks, three, four weeks ago and watched the second Bundesliga team, right? Train. And their four goalies walked to it, mate. The place went dark. <laughs> it was like, there were 6-4, athletic, can oh, jump right. like anything. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, four of them could play in the champ championship in England tomorrow. Mm. Just big units, mate. I always found that we're going to like Scandinavian countries and things like that for pre-season. You think, fuck it, hell, man. Yeah, the size yeah. of these guys. Yeah. And but like like you say, probably like six foot three, 80 kilo, 85 kilograms or something. I fucking lean. rip, lean as anything. Like, shift as well. I was like, ah, this is like, what, what is it? What is it? What is it? Why is that in Scotland? Why are we no a thing in Scotland? Because even if you look at your like, national team, you think of the, the guys that are actually Scottish, you know, the guys that are <laughs> pretend Scottish, <laughs> right? Tierney. Robertson. They're okay, small McGinn, McGregor. McGregor. You're like sitting there hanging oh, Ryan Fraser. Oh, very good, oh, good players. Very, very good footballers. Absolutely no question of that, but there's none of them like Scott McTominay's height. McTominay, Dykes, Chair, they're all the ones that are from. All the ones that are from. Aye, they're more Scottish. Yeah, they're Liam Scottish. Cooper, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's a great point, isn't it? I think yeah, I Gordon Strachan had something in that, but he, he got slaughtered for it. Ugh, that's why I think my boys have got a it. chance just get the height for me boys you'll be fine <laughs> but I'll tell you what you did I get a small player in Millwall <laughs> Millwall you, you need to be 6 foot 8 and horrible what, 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 what season was Millwall 2007 2006 6 2006-2007 right and I went doing it and I did my ankle ligament straight away and I just felt this is this. And I got a phone call from Neil Murray who just said, do you fancy Norway, Viking Stavanger, team are in Europe, fancy it? I went, yeah. And that was it. So Go on. Did you not play Millwall at all then? Yeah, I played some, but again... What was I'd... that experience like? Was that Because I've played at the day and you oh, played at the day. Oh, uh -huh. you, you get the same... So you as an, an opponent get the same pelters as being a player. Oh, yeah. I was getting pelters for who being Who was the manager Scottish. then for Millwall? Uh, you joke. I was getting uh, pelters uh, for uh, being who Scottish. Who was the manager then? Um, Nigel Sparkman. Sparkman. Nigel Spikeman, Ray Wilkins were the. Oh, so Dennis Wise must have left before. Danny then. Dyer. Danny Dyer. <laughs> Danny Dyer and Ray Winston. We played the, we played Millwall at the Den and both of us could have got promoted last day of the season. And Leeds won and Leeds got beat. They must Reed have been full up. house, was it? Full house. If Millwall won and Leeds got beat, they went up. So both of us could have went up that day. And whistle blows at 90 minutes. Millwall's beat us 3 2. Leeds are getting beat. So, mate, they come on the pitch. And I've never, ever had a feel like this in my life, mate. But it's, it's, mate, it's monsters Aye. running at you, mate. And I've never tried to get off a pitch so quick in my life, mate. <laughs> Actual shitting myself. But Leeds scored in the last minute to go up. So they're all coming on the pitch thinking they're going up. And then the next thing, mate, you know what they're like. They've been told Leeds have scored. And you can look this back. I'm sure it's Bristol Rovers. Leeds scored in the last minute. And it's mayhem, mate. It's fucking pandemonium. I think they'll start fighting each other. Because obviously they thought they were going up and they weren't. Pandemonium. But we're, we're in the dressing room, mate, and you can hear all sorts going out, out on the pitch, mate, and you're genuinely sitting there shitting yourself that are going to come in and bat and you uh, know what I mean? Ah, uh, that's brilliant. We rocked up in the bus, and you walk up in any away game in your bus, and you get the fans again and all that. Is that? That they actually were like, <laughs> with the weapons that they were going to date with. And I'm sitting thinking, oh. and then one of the boys says, see if you score today, I bet you don't cut your ears to the crowd when you score. And I said, I bet you do. And I scored that day, and I oh. run down the mountain like that. <laughs> Fucking oh, hell, man. Yeah. Amazed me, I just opened up the door and run home, because I, when I come out of that stadium, they were like, kill you. And I was like, waiting oh, on God. you. Aye, waiting on you. Oof. Up against Muscat. Oh. Even he was whispering to me, or 
I'm going to fucking break your leg. And I was like, Muscat yeah. was wild, wasn't oh, he? He was a nut job. Uh-huh. Nice he boy, was. though. I've heard yeah, that. I don't think he's his next I've heard he's a really good coach. Is, is that right? Is he not? He's Andrew's assistant. I've never seen him. Ange Postacolli is assistant manager. Fucking, he was some player, boy. He 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 did he not shark out a tackle, that boy. Do you see that? legal or not. That time you just get scared with kind of British football. No, I was actually excited about the opportunity to go and play in Europe, eh? And it was a good club. I looked at the stadium, brand new stadium, facilities were phenomenal. Thought, yeah, I fancy a bit of that. Flying to games, just different culture. Did you just move over there yourself? Or did you take family? No, I was on my own. So I just it, eh? away on my own. And did it change your kind of opinions on football when you got over there? Aye. No, I think it changed me as a person. I thought taking in a different culture where you need to actually start changing your ways to them. You know, it, it was weird. It was weird, but I wanted to fight it for the first six months. Why did you do that? Mm. But I remember I got stopped by the post. This is mental, right? So I took, don't want to sound like, but I had a nice car at the time that the lights would go automatic. You know, if it was dark, it would go yeah, on. Yeah, if it was light, uh-huh. it would. So it was, I'm no joking, mate. It must have been the 20th of June. Like it's nearly the sunniest day in the, the year. It was one o'clock in the afternoon and I got flagged by the post. I was like, I was not speeding. I was like, boss, why have you not got your lights on? And I went, because it's June and it's one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> he went, but that's the rules in Norway. I said, but how did you see me coming in if my lights weren't on? Right? And he went, that's the rules. Put your lights on. And that was like a, a kind of eureka moment for me. Just did it, did what the rules say. Mm. Put my lights on. That was it. Like, I, I just couldn't get my head that... They do things, but this is the way their culture was, and I had, I had to fit in. They were not yeah. going to change. So, so made, what, what, what else is different for the UK in terms of their culture? Um, just just to, fit, just toe the line. See if we say, do not enter. We enter. Uh-huh. No ball games. <laughs> we play ball games. Ball games uh-huh. We've got that in our culture a wee bit that we go, you know, tell us what to do. Uh, uh, so they're, a bit, they're, they're about conformity from that point of view. Another thing they've, they've got as well, it's a socialist state, so there's no hierarchy. So it's not like you're a first team player and the young boys come and fix the goals, not everyone does. Everybody just in. chips in. So I actually quite like that, and that's how I like to be as a management staff. It's it's not autocratic. It's yeah. we're on this, and it's all levels the same. So I Good. think that's the way to do it. Mm. Right or wrongly, your Turkey. favourite mate. Turkey yesterday with that kebab, weren't we? Oh, unbelievable! Turkey, what that like? Good, great country. I went there last year. They never this... paid me my salary though, so it was. Nah, it's no, quite that, a common that, I think thing at some point, even I had that opportunity to go to Turkey. They're going to give you X, Y, and Z a month. And everybody's like, they'll not pay you, big man. They'll not pay you. Mm. And then they just, they never ever took the opportunity. Yeah, I just I found it bizarre, right? Eh? I remember, they just didn't care, right? Eh? So my, my club was run by mafia. So it's not even like you can fuck it off and say, well, I'm not playing then? No, but they just say, right, you're in the, you're in the camp this for four days I'm like in the camp and I'm not going in the camp I was getting smuggled out a car with, with the, the the thing because there's like security guys at the, 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 the with guns at the, the front of the camp so I'm smuggling out me just to go and see my missus for a couple of hours and then back in in the morning honestly what is that? so like there'd be there'd be a, a silver Mercedes pull up then the black one then the uh, silver one and the the president would get the door open, or the, the, the ma- president, the mafia guy, and there'd be two in front, two behind, and he would walk in. Wow. And so, what, would he speak to the players? 
Oh no, no. So you would, so if you were moaning about your wages, my salary, president wants to see you. You'd go and mate, and it'd like you had a massive, huge cage with a big parrot in it, right? I'm like, what's that? Ah, but by the way, parrot. Honestly, this parrot must have had cancer. This room, it was like, you know, stars in your eyes when you go through the smoke. And the president would be sitting with his big high, you know, the big high chairs like Dr. Evil. He said, what's okay? Yeah, yeah, salary and that, translator. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Why you go? Send you again. So I'm getting it tomorrow. Two weeks later, same meeting. But mate, it was like, it's quite intimidating, eh? Because you're you're thinking you're normally going to like HR or something. Nah, it's not HR or there, mate. Guys at AK forty seven. So at the how, front do you, door. how do you eventually leave? Do you just have obviously I've had enough? But do they again, let you go again? No pay me my salary. I'm a wah. See you later. <laughs> it's kind of similar to shit if you wins. And does he? And, and does he find it just right? Okay, you can go. It wasn't the option. I just left. Right. But, but, for him. <laughs> but, but the page the page in bonus. Right. So if you won, so, so if you won again, you would you just get, get a bag of money. Like what's yeah. a bag of money? So that kept you going. So you were thinking, oh, it's not that bad, bad uh, if you got that for winning again. So you, you were staying in, just thought, nah, I'll just head by Scotland. Bag of money. It was, it was a brown bag of money, mate. It was like something out of the films, eh? And then China as well. China. Bit, mate. Yeah. You got a good experience in China, then? China was good. China, China was good in terms of the football stuff, like playing in the Asian Champions League and that. That was, that was good. But again, standards, professionalism. Well, technically amazing that's, well that surprises me though because you see the kind of Japanese players that come with oh, the Asian Chong players Chong Chong though is it right Chong so we, we play Japanese boys in the Champions League and then the Korean boys so we beat the chap, the Japanese teams um, and then we went and played a Korean team and they wiped the flare with us oh mate they ran ran out of tap us mate like you couldn't get, remember when we, put, oh, we, we played Korea said this, I've said this before we played Korea and they beat us 4-0 four 4-0 four and, four and, and they fucking what like it was oh, no it was like we thought Scotland, we're in a transitional period here. Mm. We should be okay with South Korea. There's been no talk of them. And bang, G Singh Park, number 13. You're like, holy They finished third in the World Cup, but yeah. That's I don't even know how to describe how good they were. <laughs> like, mm. technically, it's how quick they were. You just did not get a minute. Mm. Do you know what it reminds me of? See the Celtic team they've got now? No, right. How they press you quickly. Yeah. They were doing that 25 years ago. Aye. And we weren't used to that kind of press and whatnot. But so when we when we played the the, the Korean champions, they beat us I think four one. And there was a there was a Korea, a Croatian boy that we spoke to after the game because my mate in the team was Croatian, so we're speaking. And he said, uh, "I said just fit." He said, "Oh, he said see you tomorrow." He said, "We'll run around the track for an hour, get to that hour point, and then run around the other way for an hour." And said, "And nobody questions it." That's incredible, isn't it? Disappointing. And we all used to get two days off after games. <laughs> and if you only get a day off, you're raging. raging. <laughs> <laughs> what about, like, how did you communicate that over there? Translator. And how, how, what's your I kind of relationship? He, like, I think he was doing me in. Shite, I think how he How would you do- understand that Dundee accent, by the way? Mate, see these translators, mate? Probably can't be asked, mate, and they're just uh, feeding me. Mate, I'm telling uh, you he was doing me in. You must have been. You used to give that a heart, so we were questioning the chairman. The chairman couldn't address him about getting my wages, because we were on the same boat with hearts, no wages. And they had a translator. And we were asking questions. He was translating it to Romanov. Romanov was then chatting back. And you're like, what the fuck's he? And big Mary Sally, because God rest his soul, would say is, what we were saying, the translator did not say yeah. anything like that to the chairman. And you're like... Do you get that feeling? <laughs> well, I was looking at the reaction of the coach and I was going, it was being positive there. <laughs> now he looks raging. I'm going, this is... This is not right, eh? Uh, so it was, I was a bit... I thought, he's 
Taking a mick out of me, man. Any more like culturally different or bizarre things that you experienced? China, Norway. What was it like in China, like in terms of? Obviously, this is a, a subject close to my heart here. Food, food. Because well, Derek Reardon, I don't know if you've seen Derek. Have you heard Derek Reardon speaking about it on here? Oh, come watch it. If you back Derek Reardon speaking about the food in China, I'll blow your mind. Did he love it? No, I hated it. He thought he, one of the reasons he was going over there is that because I love Chinese food. I love getting the Chinese over here, so I thought I was going over there to get a chicken. Co- He's like, the food was fucking stinking. I actually loved it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I liked the food, but it was bizarre though. It was like some. Like, I used to hang about with this big guy. Big. He, he spoke about English to the lads. He was a nice enough lad. And do you know when you're sitting on a away trip? So we're probably an hour to the airport for Beijing. And I'm just sitting there. Normally in Scotland, that'd be wine gums or whatever. This guy's just pulled out a bag of chicken feet. <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's like, you know, like, it just looks like that, like chicken feet. These wee anemic looking things. Is that to me? I was like, no, you're all right, mate. Is that I just. Mm? And all the skin and all the bone, they just oh. pulled out a perfect bone. I was like, that was unbelievable. It was like you and your chicken wings on that program. <laughs> but unbelievable, mate. I was like, nah, you're fine for me, pal. But in general, I liked the, the food out. Because the day to day stuff, it was basics. You weren't getting sauces and that, because sauces is basically a Western thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's less sauce in that over there. Uh, that's what Deke said, though, wasn't it? He was expecting uh, obviously he's, he's, sauce he's yeah. honey chili chicken. Chicken, uh-huh. <laughs> chicken balls. <laughs> you got your chicken balls, fried rice and curry sauce. £4.50 special. Brilliant. No uh, what else have we got? Uh, came back to Scotland. Living, Livingston under Gary Bowen. You, Gary Bowen, and Fozzie. You and Fozzie went into that. Uh, Again, back. playing for nothing. Playing for nothing, I remember. I playing for nothing there, right? How did that go? How did that come about? Just through the agent. We, we came back, me and Fozzie were just desperate to play games and just keep fit. And you're hanging on to your career. I knew my, my body was done. So I knew, I mentally, I was checked out before I even signed at Livingston. Mm-hmm. Um, but I met a lot of good people at Livingston and whatnot. But uh, I was. I was. Gary Bowen can go, can't he? Do you know what? He, he, he could go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't have wanted to f- mess no, with the guy for the other. But he was. Um, I, I like Gary Bowen and he had like Gary Bowen. Scott Patterson he's kind of a good foil for him a wee bit more mm. relaxed but nah I was mentally done there right? did, did Scottish football change when you came back I know you had a short spell at Aberdeen as well meh meh same same stuff mate same chat in the dressing room same part in the dressing rooms this sort of stuff <laughs> but, but again I'm, I'm at 31 I've been <laughs> abroad now and I'm just, I just I'm, I knew I knew I'm, I'm just going to chuck this away Mm. And then Fozzie left Livingston and went and signed for Fulham. Who does that? Honestly, how does that Only go? For, Fozzie. Only how do you Fozzie go for does, for does that, mate. And then get. I moved to Fozzie. Fozzie could talk himself and I moved to Barcelona, mate. No, his feet could. Uh-huh. What I know, a player, he's a good player, mate. Uh-huh. What a player. Well, you he say was. you're seeing Fozzie at Livingston playing for nothing, and the next time he signs for Fulham, you're like, only Fozzie, man. That's huh? brilliant, but. Some man. Would he be on your best pals in football? Well, I would say so, I. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't have a big network and, and, and thought, well, I kind of keep myself myself. I, I, I do go to functions and golf days and whatnot, but I say I speak to Foz most days, I uh, has enthusiasm for football, mate. I know, Kenny, Kenny speaks very highly of him. Mm. Imagine they two try to get a word on each other. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't think they would listen to each other, mate, they'd just be talking to each other, wouldn't it? Uh-huh. Kenny's intense, isn't he? Uh-huh. He's always Kenny's been that, he's always been that. That's, even, that's what know. makes that which makes him tick, oh, eh? Mm. Uh, and then. Back over to Norway. We're nearly there, by the way. This has been good. It's been... It's been interesting. A half, but... Uh, eh, what about... So, it was lower leagues in Norway. How would you how would you say talent in Norway lower leagues compared to talent in Scottish lower leagues? Lower leagues, sorry. Well, again, 
the difference and I don't I don't know if it was because we implemented it but we were training four times a week so maybe you said that four times a week so and the players were happy to do it yeah and the facilities are two astroturfs a training pitch a match day pitch floodlights eight dressing rooms wow and what league is that in Torino? fourth division wow 22 brand new Adidas buzz boots full full training gear the best of the gear so I would say the facilities mm. in, in, in Norway they're, they're, they're everywhere astroturfs are everywhere and I've not got some wee guy putting a padlock on him at four o'clock in the afternoon like they do in Scotland. Mm. I don't understand that. Nah, You've got all your mind. The facility that's put up with the public. I was speaking to um, somebody the other day in North Lanarkshire. They are, they've designed all their pitches so they're going to be open most days now for kids to go and just play on the Astros. And that's something that we need to do across the whole... But again, though, see if you... Think of the psychology behind it. See if you put a padlock on something in a, in a, in a scheme. Yep. It's going to get snapped. See if you leave it open. It's not like a target for no. them. You know what? And us in there, mm. we'll get in there. And just leave it open. Right. Then you put a big fence around it and padlocks oh, and all sorts. Uh, and because what happens is kids get. It's a free facility. But what they do now is they put that padlock on so they can make yeah. money off it. Mm. But that again, it's, it's the government sense. put a lot of money back into the infrastructure, which I think we do fail on, which I think that has a knock on effect. Mm. Because how much a Scotland is working class? Majority. Yeah. So kid, mums can't afford 90 quid a week a month for their kid to go to somebody's uh, football school no I'd agree with that I think I think in my experience up to now the, the lack of good facilities in certain areas is, is quite telling and I think if we're trying to improve the quality of the players we're trying to provide back in the day I know we can go say back in the day they played in grass parks and people say this, there is plenty of bits of grass to go and play football but these Ashutuff facilities are like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The kids will just go and play football if they're open, but when yeah. the minute they're shot, they're going to try and get underneath the bottom bit. They're going to climb over the top, maybe fall and hurt themselves. Just keep them open. They're not going to damage the Ashutuff. No. Good way to end it. It is. Fascinating, Mo. Thanks very really much. Good, Thanks very much. Cheers. 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 Really Thanks for my coffee, by the way. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.